Today, as part of our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Pete Denaghi, president of A-Commence Advisors and founder of IoT America. Pete is also the former GM of Samsung Enterprise. So Pete, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Julian. Great. So Pete, what I wanted to talk to you about today was first talk about your background again for the audience. And then we'll talk about the biggest challenges when it comes to providing the best in-stadium experience. And then we'll talk about capacity issues with maybe Wi-Fi and LTE. And then we'll talk about uh, what is available today and what will be available tomorrow to provide the best sports experience in stadiums. And then I finally we'll talk about uh, NFT metaverse because it's a hot topic. And so uh, I always like to get people's take on that. So how does it sound? That sounds like a plan. Great. So All can right. you maybe great? So could you maybe start by uh, giving uh, uh, some information about your background so, so that people understand what you've done before and what you're doing now? Sure, absolutely. So um, I've been in uh, communications, mobile, IoT, and uh, wireless um, for 40 years at this point. So yeah. I, I have a bit of experience. I'm not going to um, ask you how old you are. So no, uh, it's. Uh, it's uh, there. I'm not that old, but there is a six in the first digit. Okay. So I've been I've been around. So um, with regard to that, uh, just some highlights of my experience. I uh, ran the uh, go-to-market effort for the Americas uh, for the IoT and um, mobile practice at Accenture. Yeah. Uh, prior, uh, after that, I worked uh, as the GM of the United States uh, from the enterprise perspective at Samsung. And we worked together Samsung, there. Samsung, the effort yeah. that we led, you know, led to uh, the instantiation of Knox, which is the yeah. security protocol that's currently used on the Samsung devices. So, in some regards, I'm the father of Knox. Yeah. Um, from there, I uh, ran the mobile and the. Uh, IoT solutions practice for the United States and Canada at Capgemini. After mm -hmm. Capgemini, I formed uh, Acomets Advisors in 2013 as a consultancy to go forward and, and provide the technology advisement um, and go to market advisement in the mobile uh, and IoT communities, as well as working with companies for business acceleration. Some of the companies I've done consulting work for uh, have included Comcast, Google, HTC, uh, LG, Kyocera, and others in the mobile space. Uh, currently, right now, I'm doing some work for Ericsson. Um, in addition yeah. to that, I uh, founded in 2017 IoT America, which is an IoT sensor organ uh, company providing uh, connectivity for rural America, farmers, ranchers, uh, small towns uh, with regard to getting data. <laughs> I have um, also uh, spent four years on the partner board uh, at Microsoft for Windows Mobile, Windows Phone. I have spent time on the business working group and the fixed wireless uh, group for the CBRS Alliance, which is a, uh, a 5G uh, wireless standard in the United States currently. Uh, I have, uh, you know, worked on a collaboration book called Managing the Mobile Workforce, which published in 2010. Some of the collaborators I worked with included executives of major companies like um, HP, as well as I. Uh, one of the collaborators on the book was Stephen Covey. So I was very thrilled to work on that book. I wrote the platform section. Um, I uh, have spoken at over 100 uh, 
conferences on three on three continents and um you know still enjoy what i do greatly um actually one of the things i just recently got done doing uh which is a very interesting project julian i just wrote the 5g strategy uh and the business use cases for dfw international airport and the proof of concepts that we instantiated for 5g using cbrs actually won the cbrs alliances the ongo alliances national use case of the year that's so, great uh, yeah for, for those who don't know uh dfw that has fort worth in texas uh one of yeah. the largest i think airports uh in the states right so, um, it's actually the second big, busiest airport in the United States, and uh, it, uh, from a landmass perspective, the airport is about 77 square miles. Mm -hmm. It's physically the same size as the island of Manhattan. All right, so, uh, yeah, I've large. been there. I've been there a few times. Uh, so, congrats, congrats on that. You know, you, you're really uh, what you know accomplished for sure. Uh, so specifically reg regarding sports night, and, I, and I'll, I'll give an example. Uh, many years, a few years ago, I was uh, at the Camp Nou in Barcelona. I was watching the game between Barcelona and Real Madrid, and I, I had my phone there, and I was trying to get on the Wi-Fi to watch the, you know, to go on the internet, and I could not. I was unable to get on the internet using Wi-Fi. I was like, this is this is just ridiculous. I mean, you're in one of the best stadiums in the world, the biggest ones, and I can't even get on the Wi-Fi. So we, we yeah. bring my question to you is, what do you think are the biggest challenges when it comes to providing the best in-stadium experience nowadays, especially from a network perspective, right? Being able to, you know, serve the web, maybe cap, you know, capture some videos and stuff like that. You know, that's a great question. Airports and stadiums and ports um, all share the same endemic problem, and that's density. Right, they are hugely dense areas. Um, so can you explain what density means? Because some people sure, are, and, and I was going to ex absolutely explain that. So, um, density is a real, you know, interesting problem in cellular technology. So, you need to have um, any wireless carrier provides radios on the cell tower to connect to the wireless phones below. Yeah. So the more the more phones there are um, in a stadium, as as you will, the more radios you would have. The same thing holds true for Wi-Fi. So um, you know, why in Wi-Fi, um, typically in a, in a in a building or a stadium or a port, um, we call the Wi-Fi radios uh, APs, access points. Yeah. Okay. We have them in our house. So you have a, a Wi-Fi router and you can connect all of your devices to the Wi-Fi router. If you have a big house, okay, you would actually have a Wi-Fi extenders because the Wi-Fi signal will only go so far. Typically, Wi-Fi uses uh, two different, um, two different uh, you know, RF frequencies, radio frequencies, and that would be 2.4 gigahertz and uh, 5.8 gigahertz. Now, 2.4 gigahertz goes real far, but doesn't carry as much data as 5.8 gigahertz. 5.8 gigahertz carries more data, doesn't go as far. Yeah. So in a stadium, 
when you have 60,000, 80,000, 100,000 people all trying to connect to the Wi-Fi or all trying to connect to the cellular, you need more and more and more access points because what ends up happening is um, an access point will only handle so many concurrent you know, uh, you know, users. So uh, what happens in a stadium, and, and this is real frustrating, uh, and this was, this was the same for Wi-Fi or for cellular, you connect to the Wi-Fi or the cellular, <coughs> pardon me, yeah. and then you, you transmit data, and then you disconnect because somebody else is trying to get, you know, get the, the Wi-Fi data. Yeah. And then you end up going and, and now you don't have service and you're mad because you say, I just had service a minute ago. How come I don't have service now? Well, it's not because they don't have service. They don't have enough service. So in so my case, I wasn't able to get on the, on the internet because they didn't have enough access points. Is that They don't have enough access points and enough radio, uh, radio frequencies. And this is, you know, this, this becomes more and more of a problem when you have older Wi-Fi technologies or older cellular technologies than yeah. newer technologies, right? So, um, so what ends up happening, and this is really frustrating, a lot of users in the stadium see this happen all the time. They either can't connect, or if they do connect, they can only connect for a little bit of a time, then they have to reconnect. Yeah. And because their, their phones are continually searching to connect and to disconnect, Okay, the phones are working really hard to look for signal, yeah, which drains your battery. So then That's at right. that point, your uh, you know your phones all of a sudden go out of battery, and you're like, why all of a sudden is my battery out? I came to the stadium with a full charge. Yeah, and that's another inherent problem, and that has to do with the density of 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 the radios that are put in a stadium and, and would you say that because I, I when i get on the plane right i like to get on the wi-fi and sometimes you you know and you have to pay for it right so i get on and sometimes i'm not able to to get on the wi-fi and, even though I, I end up paying for it so is it because yes. there's not enough access point on the plane that's exactly correct right so and and, and then on top of that of course you know the the pro you know so so success in data transport is always mitigated by, um, you know, the amount of throughput at the weakest point, yeah. right? So if I have, let's say, Wi-Fi in a building, right, the weakest point might be my my Wi-Fi yeah, AP. Uh, so if I have enough Wi-Fi access points, then it's all, you know, depending on how much bandwidth I have serving the Wi-Fi access point. So case in point, if I have a Wi-Fi router at the house and I only subscribe to 25 megabits per second of internet access that's connecting to my uh, Wi-Fi at the house, well, I can only get, you know, at best 25 megasecond down. If I have 100 meg service, then I get 100 meg down. If I had gig service at the house, then, you know, the, the point of gating would be how fast my Wi-Fi router could go. If my Wi-Fi router could go that fast, then the question is how fast can my computer actually accept the Wi-Fi signal or how fast can my phone accept the Wi-Fi signal? So if you have a brand new phone, you can go really fast. If you have an old phone, you can't. If you have a new computer, you can go really fast. If you have an old computer, you can't. 
because it's it's the network interface card in the computer that attaches to the you know to the Wi-Fi uh, or the Wi-Fi you know the Wi-Fi chipset let's say a Broadcom chipset in your computer you know has, is speed rated so it only accepts so much speed so so your speed is always going to be uh, maximized by the weakest point in the communications. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so if you look at what we have available today from a network perspective, we mm -hmm. have uh, 5G. We've got Wi-Fi 6. Some devices support Wi-Fi 6 already, I yep. believe. Uh, so, can you talk about you know what we have today and what we're going to have in the future? Sure. Um, so, what are the so use cases too? Right, the use cases. Yeah. So, so let's go to Wi-Fi first. So, most people in their homes or in their offices. They have, um, you know, an older version of Wi-Fi called Wi-Fi 5. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, real good. Works nicely. Um, but a new iteration of Wi-Fi has come out called Wi-Fi 6. Yeah. So Wi-Fi 6 has, you know, better utilization, you know, capabilities, better channel access, provides more, cha more connectivity channels per wireless router. And candidly, Wi-Fi 6 actually offers the first security update in Wi-Fi in the Wi-Fi protocol yeah. in 15 years. I didn't know that. So, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, basically Wi-Fi 5, um, the best security that's in the protocol is called WEP 2. Yeah. And in Wi-Fi 6, we now have WEP 3, which is a much, you know, much uh, higher level of encryption and capability in Wi-Fi. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously from a security perspective, Wi-Fi 6 is more secure than Wi-Fi 5. However, it's always backwards compatible. So if you put in a Wi-Fi 6 router and you only have a Wi-Fi 5 device, no worries, I can connect to the Wi-Fi 6 router. Now, there's another protocol in Wi-Fi that's come out recently. So in um, April of 2021, the FCC dedicated new spectrum for public use, which yeah. is called the six gigahertz spectrum. So mm -hmm. before we had 2.4 and 5.8. So now we have the six gigahertz spectrum, which you know provides an enormous <coughs> pardon me, an enormous amount of bandwidth yeah. for Wi-Fi. It actually provides 1.2 gigahertz of bandwidth. And it goes from uh, 5.875 uh, gigahertz to 7.125 gigahertz for all the people that, that actually want to look at the spectrum allocation. What it means to you in English, okay, is that you now have more Wi-Fi channels that can connect to faster than uh, previously, okay? So it also, in Wi-Fi 6, has the ability to inherently provide something called Wi-Fi mesh. So what this means is now when I have a group of Wi-Fi access points, the Wi-Fi access points can all communicate between each other to provide a greater classes of, ser class of service to all the Wi-Fi users. So if I have lots of Wi-Fi APs and I can't necessarily, you know, access one or I don't have connectivity to one, I, I actually through the mesh can provide greater connectivity to the mm -hmm. users. So it works better. Additionally, 
the Wi-Fi 6E has the ability to also backhaul the data between the uh, the access points. Explain so what, what a backhaul means, is, because backhaul sure. people may not understand what that is. So what that means is if I'm installing a Wi-Fi router, yeah. I typically have to wire my internet to the router. Yeah. Well, I can actually put in, um, you know, I can actually put in, um, you know, you know, units, APs that are actually not physically wired to the internet, but the um, through the six gigahertz channel, I can actually transmit the data between the Wi-Fi uh, access points to uh, send the data to remote um, to remote locations. So what this means in a stadium where I have, um, you know, I don't have fiber or, you know, your, or, you know, internet, ethernet cable connecting all of my Wi-Fi routers or access points, I can actually just plug them in, set them up, and they can actually intercommunicate between each other to actually add capacity on an ad hoc basis. Really good for like a an outdoor event or a stadium event where you actually want to temporarily go bring in capacity in different locations. Um, you can actually put in, you know, temporarily, you know, without any great, in, you know, installation effort, additional cap capabilities and capacity. Yeah. So now yeah. let's talk about, we we you know we did want to talk about five uh, G, yeah. <laughs> Since we spent all this time on Wi Fi, so um, technically, five G is nothing more than a software upgrade. Okay, so in in the world of wireless, um, there is a uh, organization that handles the cellular standard uh, globally, and it's called. The third generation, you know, uh, the third generation, you know, um, you know, uh, communication project. Uh, it's it's actually three GPP. Yeah. Okay. So three GPP, three third generation partnership product project is actually the uh, the acronym. So three GPP is the standard and the you know that monitors the software for all the cellular licenses for all the wireless carriers worldwide. So LTE, which stands for long-term evolution is 4G. So 4G is actually release 14 of the 3GPP software. Release 15 of 3GPP is definitionally 5G. So it's a software upgrade. But to provide the capabilities, you also need to have a hardware upgrade to the radios. So the big difference between 4G and 5G or LTE and 5G is that um, 5G can go faster. 5G also has the ability to access the upper levels of um radio frequency that were never able to be used before. And that's all the frequencies above six gigahertz per, you know, of, of uh, radio frequency. And it also has the ability to increase the density. And what I mean by that is that in a public venue or any venue, 
release 14 or 4G had the ability to concurrently connect 2,000 devices in a square kilometer, okay? Which means if you're in a stadium, okay, which, yeah. you know, there's a couple of kilometers in a, in a stadium, you can only, through the radio set, probably connect anywhere between four and 10,000 devices at any given time. Again, adding to your frustration. Yeah. With 5G, okay, they upped it exponentially. Mm -hmm. So you can go from 2,000 concurrent connections to a million. Wow. So you, a million, that's, that, you, you know, you have enough in the stadium, right? One million? Right. One million. There's no million. stadium with one million, you know, users. There's no, there, I, well, and the reason that they upped it to a million yeah. is because we actually don't think of all the connections, right? Mm -hmm. Because with IoT, with Internet of Things. You can have multiple connections. Yeah. yeah, you have multiple connections, right? So let's take the NFL. So we all look at those little funny stripes on the jerseys. Well, they're actually IoT sensors. Right. And you look at all the sideline information and you look at all the bars and great. Well, there are thousands of sensors on an American football field. The same thing before, you know, European football. There are thousands of sensors that are in the stadium that are not connected to cell phones, but are connect providing data back for analytic review. OK, right. well, that actually impacts the connectivity as well. So the reason that they went to a million was to ensure that you know you can do all the cell phones and all the sensors and whatnot and 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 moreover you know when we look at a cell phone we always talk about the voice radio right or the data radio well candidly in in most in most smartphones today they're architected with anywhere between 15 and 30 sensors so now you can actually have multiple sensors per phone. And then when you start talking about wearable devices like smartwatches or VR headsets or, you know, sensors that monitor, you know, impact in your shoes or, you know, heart rate sensors or what have you, um, you know, that number goes up really fast. So that's why 3GPP went a big step yeah. and went to a million concurrent sensors. So then in a 5G stadium... Okay, any stadium that's that's configured for 5G, and as long as you're using 5G on your phone, um, or your phone is 5G capable, um, that problem is mitigated. Now, again, goes back to the 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 the, the single the single point of failure. So, if the cell carrier doesn't have enough radios in the stadium, if they don't have enough keep you know connectivity, fiber connectivity back from the radios back you know, to the network, you know, these, these could all be gates of, uh, of contention, but uh, architecturally, when you have a 5G stadium, uh, that problem goes away. And that's why you'll, you're seeing a huge effort. Uh, case in point, Verizon has already claimed that they've wired up 80 stadiums in the United 80? States oh, yeah. for 5G. Okay. okay. Now, and, and of course, all, all the carriers are doing that. Right. So now everybody is already, I mean, a lot of people are already looking at 6G, right? And whenever yep. you got a new technology, people are always asking, okay, what is the killer use case? 
right? So let me ask you, if people ask you, what is the killer use case for 6G? And how is, that, how is the experience better? Or how would the in-sports stadium experience would be better with 6G? Okay, so if you look at 5G, yeah, if you look at all the Gs, right? So cell phones came out in, you know, 1985. So that was 1G in 1985. <coughs> so they have every eight to 10 years, we get a new G, right? So if you think of 5G came about in, in the end of 2020, you're going to look at 6G coming out anywhere between 2027 and you know 2030 yeah okay that's when 6g is going to be deployed and and whenever we talk about 6g everybody always says well wait a second we don't have 5g yet and the answer is well mostly you do have 5g the the difference is that there's three types of 5g there's the uh there is the uh the the, the low band with 5g um there's the mid band 5g and then there's the millimeter wave 5G, and that's the super fast 5G, right? Um, that's the 5G that can go two gigabits per second. Um, the low band 5G can go 40 to you know 70, you know, you know, you know, uh, meg per second, but uh, it goes real far. You know, the uh, the millimeter wave 5G, um, which goes real fast, can only go about 1100 meters. Getting to your question, what happens to 6G? So the first mm -hmm. thing with 6G is we are looking at, um, you know, the the uh, the millimeter wave um, spectrum utilization for 5G, and that is using you know frequencies anywhere between 24 gigahertz and 39 gigahertz. Okay, so 5G accesses radio frequency up to 60 gigahertz, okay? Which means that we have all this new spectrum we can use for wireless and it's really fast, but the problem is it doesn't go real far. Yeah. So 6G is going to introduce spectrum above 60, um, you, know, you know, 60 gigahertz of spectrum. And we're actually going to be talking about you know, um, terahertz connectivity, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to be using spectral fields that are just, you know, way, way, way up high, which is going to increase capacity. There'll be some issues with distance, of course. Um, and the speeds will be very, very fast, right? And the latency will be instantaneous. So the applications for that will be, you know, in sports, you know, um, instant access to, to uh, information. Um, really, really high definition video, right? We're talking about, you know, video definitions beyond 8K. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, 12K, 16K video uh, definition, right? Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, very fast analytics. I understand. Um, so those are, those are the type of things that are that are going to be coming. Uh, you're going to look at some um, um, the the you know holographic in you know images as well as um, AR will be greatly enhanced as we go up the, uh, the speed chain. You yeah. Know, so yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna see some very fast speeds and some very good latencies. 
That makes sense. Uh, last question, because um, I think we have about five minutes, but um, there's been a lot of talk and hype about NFTs and the metaverse. There's reports saying that it's going to be between four to five million fans buying NFTs this year. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about the metaverse and people think it's, you know, Fortnite type experience, Roblox. But in my view, the metaverse is more than that, right? It's, it's, it involves things like uh, AR, virtual experiences, NFTs, social media, all those things into, into one. But you don't mm -hmm. want to just restrict the metaverse to a virtual environment, right? I think that's too restrictive. So what is your take on this all NFT metaverse uh, space? Well, I mean, if you're going to sum up the metaverse, um, it's going to be it's going to be, you know, the further melding of your of your digital existence with your physical existence, right? You know, you're going to be talking about digital representations. You know, Gartner, of course, talks about the metaverse, you know, as you know. And I know you like Gartner. I know you do. I, well, I, I don't say I like Gardner, but they, they have a very good definition. You know, they have one of the better definitions of the metaverse, right? You know, gaming, digital assets, NLP, infrastructure. Um, you know, the fact that you'll be able, one of the things I think that's coming with the metaverse that really hasn't come yet is the transference of your digital, of, of your digital presence between mm -hmm. devices. Right. So your digital presence will be available on your wearables, on your phone, in your car, in your home, in your workplace. Right. So you'll actually be from a presence perspective, be able to intermingle. So yeah. the metaverse in a stadium is uh, is basically when you're in the stadium, your digital presence will come with you in the stadium. Right. So you're going to have, you know, uh, uh, an experience that's going to be, even though you might be in, among 100,000 people, you're going to have an experience tailored to you sure. because of your metaverse presence. I mean, I think that's where it's going to all wrap up. Right. Because um, basically it's going to be digital representations of your persona that will be interleaved with physical representations of your persona that will be um, not restricted by location. I understand. And that could be what, like, a, like an autogram or? Uh, well, I mean, it could be, I mean, physically, if you're there, right? So let's say I'm at AT&T Stadium in Dallas and I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys, mm -hmm. right? So at that point, I'm sitting in the stadium, but everything around me that I see is tailored to my preferences. Okay, so that would be your digital, you know, persona, being interleaved with your physical persona, right? Mm -hmm. And the and the experience that I have in the stadium, even though I'm sitting in the stadium seat, is tailored. I think I understand my, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, to 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 my preferences. Yeah. Uh, so they will know your preferences because of past behaviors and they'll be right. proactively. So, so, right. So when the when the when the when the person comes around to get me a beer, yeah. Right. Or, you know, they'll know that I'm allergic to peanuts. Sure. So they won't give me peanuts. They won't offer me that. Or yeah. they might know that, you know, even though I'm at AT&T Stadium watching the Cowboys, that I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So okay. as an Eagles fan, they actually may provide me in my visual experience 
um, statistics and analytics more focused to to my team as opposed to the other team, or they might go forward and provide. So we look at the uh, advert, you know, the, the digital displays, the digital signage. Well, the digital signage actually in my physical representation in the stadium is actually tailored to my buying habits. As so basically, you could, you, they could show you some custom NFTs of your favorite teams sure. because they know you like the 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 you know the the Eagles and so on. Basically, that that that's exactly correct. Okay, you know they'll actually be able to tailor the experience to you in the stadium or wherever you be. You know, obviously, this is going to be everywhere. So <laughs> it's like the. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Minority Report. Of course. So the Mi yeah. Minority Report is probably the best, um, you know, movie representation of future capabilities that's ever been done. Yeah. And I think we're going to have an ex experience like Minority Report that's that's going to be based on uh, metaverse uh, interaction. Yeah. And and five G and six G and Wi Fi six and soon to be Wi Fi seven. Because the Wi-Fi seven standard is now, you know, finalizing, yeah. we'll all we'll all be able to do that. We'll all have enormous speeds at our fingertips, and we're talking forty, you know, you know, we're we're talking forty, you know, gigabits per second speed in our hand. Yeah, and that's what's coming with all these 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 new technologies. So so you're going to see a lot of digital experience coming coming forward with regard to that. NFTs will be part of that, you know. Um, you know, uh, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll we'll have, you know, greater presence capability. The AR, VR, XR experience will be in, interleaved. You know, candidly speaking, if I was betting, you know, if I had a fantasy team on DraftKings, I would actually be able to look at the real time impact of the players on the field as they're aligned to my fantasy. You know, all these things are coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. So look, it's uh, it's exciting. So uh, look, we we are at the end of the interview, but I wanted to thank you for for your time today. It's always great to talk to you. So thank you very much for your time. All right, thank you. Thank you.